to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every episode, I will have a different guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. From brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited about the show today. We are essentially building on a previous episode. So two episodes ago, we had Megan Vaughn. She is a cheese expert and the um, founder of Vaughn Cheese. Uh, And they have a little cheese shop in Chesapeake, uh, but she also offers online classes, shipping, everything. Please go and check out the episode because she took the time to explain the process of beer washing cheese. And that was also building on the conversation uh, that we had with Anne Becerra on pairing uh, beer with cheese. So we are in our little cheese era right now. We're going to continue that. So I wanted to welcome back to the show, Megan Vaughn, as well as welcoming to the show, Joe Putlitz. He is the owner and founder of Green Spring Brewing Company in Calvert County, Maryland. And he is the brewer who made a very specific beer for Megan Vaughn. And what I would like for us to do is to discuss the process of this collaboration. And listeners, what I would love for you to take away is how the process of making beer is a collection of a million different decisions that go into how to impact the final product. Uh, So first and foremost, before we get too down this rabbit hole, Megan, Joe, thank you both so much for taking time to join us on Beer Me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) So... First, we've we've had Megan on the show, and listeners, please go back and, and check out her episode. Uh, but Joe, if you could give the listeners a little bit of background on yourself and kind of how you started in beer and, and a little bit on your uh, brewery. Sure, thanks. Um, so I started brewing probably about 10 to 15 years ago, you know, just as a home brewer. And like any home brewer, you know, somebody gave me a set and I played around with it for a while. And uh, we were living in Baltimore at the time. And uh, like any other brewer, really, I kind of just got more and more into it, Um, (laughs) sort of got obsessed with it, not just with making beer, but then finding out like what makes good beer uh, each step of the process. Um, reading as much as I can, going online, looking at different um, backgrounds, really looking at the science uh, behind the beer. I have a background in organic chemistry, so I really started to geek out about it. Um, And so I was making beer as a home brewer for probably 10 years. And then I had this crazy idea, well, why not go professional? And so uh, I found sort of a, I guess, a loophole in our local ordinance. And I sort of just established a little professional brewery um, on my property. And, um, you know, it's great because I could concentrate on different varieties of beer and provide them locally like I do to Vaughn. And, um, you know, I could go to different markets, farmer's markets, 
And, uh, you know, it's been great. Um, I do have a jobby job, job type job. I, I, uh, I work for the patent and trademark office and I do, sort of do this at night. I have, uh, three kids, so, um, it's busy, but, um, I, I love it. And, um, I uh, love to service uh, places like Vaughn and, um, you know, I always wanted to get a beer into Vaughn because I love what they do. I love the people there. I love their uniqueness and I wanted Green Spring to be associated with it. So um, when Megan asked, asked me to provide a beer, I, I got very excited. So um, thanks to the Vaughns for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, Joe, you sound incredibly busy. <laughs> um, so I want to focus the bulk of our conversation um, around this process. Let's dive right in. Um, Megan, could you explain your ask of Joe? What was the beer that you wanted him to create? Why you wanted to create this beer? Yeah, absolutely. So when... I was initially speaking with Joe about the idea of curating a beer specifically for a very nearly universal pairing for a wide variety of cheeses. It was it was a big ask because we have anywhere between 75 and 95 cheeses, all ranging in styles from like the soft, pretty, floral, bloomy rinded cheeses, all the way up through like the stinky, funky, you know, crazy, salty blue cheeses. And so to say, all right, I want one beer that will be pretty good with everything, spectacular with a lot of it and not offensive to any of it. That was extraordinarily difficult. And so in order to do that, I kind of take a step back and said, all right, what are the, what are the specific traits that we need to either work toward or avoid in order to have a great experience with all of the cheeses from a singular beverage. So for me, one of the big important things was that it needed to not have really high alcohol. Um, when you are pairing anything really, but but for sure beer included um, with any food item and cheese, if you have something with really high alcohol, it can get to be a bit contentious when you're looking at um, body and things. So the body of, of, of beverages or of, you know, wines and beers comes from alcohol and sugar and from food that comes from fat. So, you know, from, you know, a, a high alcohol standpoint in an item like a beer, you've got something that's very, very full bodied. Something that is very, very full bodied will absolutely drown out something that's very light bodied in cheese. So if you're imagining like a, the body of cheese, imagine, you know, having a sip of skim milk versus having a sip of cream, right? That's light bodied versus full bodied. So if you've got a light bodied cheese and a very full bodied beer, you don't taste anything of the cheese. So one of the big important things first was that it needed to be not very high alcohol. I needed it to be very approachable um, from an alcohol standpoint. I also needed to have um, the hoppiness, the bitter qualities really in check. Bitter and salt don't play super well together in terms of pairing. And so, um, you know, spoiler alert, cheese has got a lot of salt in it. It's, it, it helps to preserve the milk, right? And so if you've got a, a beer that has a whole lot of bitter hoppy qualities, um, anything that is very salty or a bitter washed rind cheese, all you're going to get is bitter. You're going to really lose all of the, the really beautiful fruity floral components of the cheese. Um, further, we needed um, the, the flavors to be broad enough that they can 
kind of pick up on a lot of the, the varying nuances in the flavors of the milks ranging from cow, goat, and sheep and all the styles, um, but also have some specific notes that can help to highlight some of the more common flavor standpoints of the cheeses, whether that be um, floral or, um, you know, orchard fruit notes or stone fruit notes or, um, you know, very slightly like, you know, round and nutty or opulent. These are all sorts of things that you can find in some way in quite a few different cheeses. And um, these are all things that were really important to us um, in terms of traits of a beer that would help to make it very easy to pair with a wide variety of cheeses. Further for me, we work with exclusively American artisan cheeses. So I wanted as much as possible for this beer to be sourced as locally as we could. Obviously working with Joe, he's really close to us. We love the idea of having someone who's working with us who also likes to come into the restaurant. You know, he's, he's friends to us. Joe and I have known each other for years now doing farmer's markets together. And so it should feel very much like it has a sense of place. It shouldn't feel like something that comes from somewhere else. It should feel of here. And so all of those things, I said, hey, do, do all of this, please. And so um, it was a really fun experience for me to, to get to see the, the finished product. But those were the big asks. So um, lower alcohol, not a lot of bitter, um, you know, a broad scoping set of flavors with some specificity to it. And um, as locally as possible was some of our, our big asks there. And Joe, before you dive in, um, I, I do want to note, um, and, and Megan, this was based on our previous conversation. Typically, anytime that there's any kind of collaboration between a brewery and a restaurant or a brewery and a brewery, um, there's a lot of different kind of trial and errors, right? You get a sample, you taste it. Uh, we need to tweak it this way. We need to tweak it that way, whatever. Uh, Megan, from what I understand, this was one shot, one kill. Like Joe just nailed it like right off the bat. Yes. It felt like magic to me as someone who uh, loves to drink beer and um, really love, you know, I, I love Joe's beer. I love, I love what they do, but then the, you know, literally I, I had this, what I felt like was a massive list of, of asks for him. And he came to me with the first sample. And I just remember Joe saying like, all right, so what do you want to change? And I, I couldn't think of anything and I'm a pretty picky person, but we have since served it to many, 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 many people with anywhere from a one cheese cheese board through, you know, a pick 10 cheese board with 10 different styles of cheeses. And there has not been a single time that we've had an offensive pairing, not even once. And we've had over and over and over again, guests tell us how absolutely extraordinary the beer is and how beautiful a pairing it is. And so for me, it literally, it felt like magic. You know, I'm not a beer maker. And so I look forward to hearing how he did it from the science and, and beer making perspective, but it was literally, it was one shot. You absolutely nailed it. It was incredibly impressive. Thank you. That was, it was my pleasure, really. So, and that, I mean, listeners, I cannot stress enough, like just how impressive that is and, and how rare that is. So, uh, Joe, now that we have given you more compliments than I imagine any <laughs> brewer is ever been comfortable with, um, 
that's another <laughs> fun fact. Um, brewers don't take compliments super well. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a fair uh, generalization. Um, but Joe, could you please explain? I mean, this this is a this is a very specific ask, and at the same time, you know, that's a that's a lot of hard um, hard things to accomplish. Uh, so can you really take the listeners through kind of what your process was and how you created this magic as Megan says? Um, sure. I'm, I'm going to do my best. So, um, like I said before, I always wanted to get a beer into Vaughn and um, my original idea is that we were just going to give them our lager, which is probably our most popular beer just because it's broad um, acceptability um, across beer drinkers. And then Megan indicated that they wanted a custom beer. And so, like I said, I get ideas from talking to people. Usually they tell me exactly what they want. People come up to me and say, hey, I had this great beer. And I'll ask them what it is about that. And like I said, you know, they're, they'll give me a flavor focus. It'll give me sort of flavor hooks that I can concentrate on. So a couple of days before, I think it was Thanksgiving, I went in there, uh, went to vault with my son. And like I said, and before me was this incredible selection of cheeses, variety of textures, flavors, aromas. And, you know, if you ever go in there, they have these little signs on them that give you uh, sort of a blurb or indication of what that cheese is like. And so there were a lot of those flavor hooks. Um, and just trying to match one of them was not the way to go. So that conventional way of just saying, hey, look, I had this beer and me saying, well, what is it about that beer? And then asking that person 20 questions about the beer up to the point where they don't want to talk to me. That was not the way to go. So I decided, okay, let's let's try a new approach. Let's try and get, bring them sort of a variety of different beers. And in those beers, somewhere there's a beer that we could focus on. And then we can go through that sort of uh, that process of, hey, we're going to make this, we're going to dial this down, we're going to dial this up. And then eventually we would get to a beer that they would that they would like. So um, I brought, I think it was beginning of December, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I brought three beers that tried to represent sort of a variety of different beers. I brought a lager, you know, on the lighter side. Uh, I brought an amber ale, which is more maltier, a little bit more richer. Although it was not neutral in color, you know, it was not pale. It still had maltiness. It had, it was floral. It was flavorful. And then I also brought uh, a hazy IPA. So that's not a traditional West Coast IPA. There was no real bitterness to it. So this was more juicy. This was more fruity. So like I said, hopefully within those three beers, there was a beer that we could sort of settle on and go from there. So Megan um, and Tyler, they tried them and I thought, you know, uh, through, you know, them sipping one of them, there was going to be this hallelujah moment and there wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was fine. You know, I was hoping like, oh, oh my God, you know, this is it. You know, it, it, it never happened. So, um, so then, you know, I tried um, to do sort of a 
sort of question them, you know, hey, do you like the maltiness of this one, but I like the floral of this one, you know, and then we kind of went back and forth and, you know, probably within this whole process, you know, we probably drank about three or four beers. Um, then, you know, sort of magically, Tyler just goes to the fridge behind him and he grabs a can and he says, you know what, I really like this beer. And I looked at it and it was a Belgian triple and it was from Allagash, I believe. And then I was <laughs> like, oh my God. And it was brilliant on his part and a little embarrassing on my part because I should have realized that the beer he had in his hand was a Belgian triple and it's made with Belgian ale yeast. And um, it's strong, what they call strong Belgian ale yeast. And it comes from the Ardennes region. Oh, Belgium. And what's great about this yeast is, is that it imparts an incredible gamut of flavors to beer. I mean, I can sit across from you and you can take a sip of a Belgian triple and say, oh, well, this tastes like uh, apple. And I'll say, no, it doesn't taste like pear. What do you think? Oh, I get white wine. What do you think? I get bubble. I mean, I've had people tell me, oh, this tastes like bubble gum. And every sip, you get something different. And I mean... It was sort of a, that was kind of like the moment that I realized like, oh, well, we could start with, if, if anything, a yeast, uh, because that yeast could impart those flavored hooks, provided, um, you know, th those flavor hooks that I could use then to pair with the different flavors and the whole variety of gamut of cheeses that, uh, that was available at Vaughn. So, you know, in a way we kind of went full circle, you know, we went from this traditional approach uh, and then I kind of went to this other, well, you know, we're going to go trial and error sort of way. And then it went all the way back says to like, hey, I like this beer. And then, you know, I, I went back into my normal thing. Like, what do you like about this beer? You know, and, and so, you know, at that point in time, I had at least a starting point. I had a yeast that can provide at least the flavors that would give me the variety of flavor pairings with the cheeses. So, um, but, you know, it has its drawbacks. Uh, Belgian triples are, they're very strong. They're very high in alcohol. That was a definite no-no. So um, the challenge at that point presented itself you know, make the Belgian triple, but don't make the Belgian triple. And what I mean by that is you have to accentuate the variety and diversity of the yeast without, you know, uh, the alcohol or any other uh, flavor profile in, provided by any other ingredients sort of dampening that effect. So um, that was it. So, you know, you go to the drawing board. And um, what you want to do is for me that if I can, Joe, for me, that sure. that moment, like what you just described there, that like kind of, oh, there it is moment was so interesting because we we really were like, you know, I described all those traits about what we wanted in the beer, but it, it really did. That all came after that epiphany moment. So it was really was like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And there was a lot of like, I don't know, man, I don't know. And yeah. then Tyler pulled out that beer and um and that we started talking about it and then it all clicked. And then that, that was the moment that 
I said, all right, and and this trait and this trait and this trait, and now suddenly we're, we're kind of game planning the, the perfect beer. And it, it really was like this, ah, there it is. Okay, we, 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 we're on the same page now, I got it. And that was, it was such a cool, it was such a cool like, you know, flip switch of going from, yeah. I have no idea what we're talking about here, <laughs> but I'm sure when we do, it'll be really cool to, <laughs> yeah, this is the, we're, we're on the same page now. We are now like, yeah, we're, we're now on the same page with making the same beer and it's going to be awesome. Right. So, right. so, I mean, you know, so, kudos to uh, Tyler for going in and saying, Hey dummy, um, remember this type? I mean, I brought like, <laughs> what I thought were all the beers we're going to need. We're going to need a lager. We're going to need something malty. We got something that's juicy. And it was like, oh, you forgot this one. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. So um, you know, you know, we had it, we had a starting point, um, which was which was great. Um, and like I said, now we can sort of form the other ingredients and the process into really accentuating what that yeast does. I mean, and and I I don't want to diverge here, but I mean, it, it is amazing um, what they call yeast is a very simple single cell organism, but what that thing can do, there's no human, there's no process, there's no technology that can mimic what that yeast can do, any yeast really. Um, you know, as a beer maker, I, I, I really don't make beer. I make wort, I make sugar water. Yeast makes beer. And, you know, they've been doing it for thousands of years. All I do um, really is I try and coax mother nature to give me something that I want, you know, uh, you know, I'm using organisms, I'm using parts of organisms to make a product. And, but it's really just sort of guiding mother nature really to give you what you want. And this is a perfect example with this yeast, you know, um, it does all the work. You just try and provide the setting for it. <clears throat> to give you something that you want. But, you know, um, the caveat to that is, is that Mother Nature has a sense of humor. Um, so, you know, uh, sometimes it works out and sometimes it just doesn't. So the, the real challenge at this point in time is, okay, let's, let's accentuate what this yeast can do. And so, you know, when I kind of sat down a couple of days later to trying to figure out what to do. Um, I tried to imagine myself in front of that wall of cheeses. And I said, okay, what can I put in this beer to make, hey, you know, let's make it creamy. Let's make it sharp. Let, you know, all of those flavors that Megan um, mentioned, you know, let's see if we can try and incorporate that into the beer without overshadowing what this yeast does. So, you know, um, the first thing you have to do is you have to pick out what kind of malt or what kind of grain you want in there. So getting back to what Megan said is we want to keep it, you know, not a full body beer, not a heavy beer, but on the light side. So, you know, we I try to go back and see what kind of malts are available. So as the base malt, we just use normal Pilsen malt. And so then, you know, I tried to accentuate you know some of what's in the cheeses in that beer so i said you know what i want i want that smoothness you know when we were at uh bone and we were buying cheeses we got some that were really creamy and i said you know what it would be kind of cool if i can 
incorporate that texture at least into the beer. And so um, I tried to do it two ways. There's this uh, wheat malt, white wheat malt, that provides a lot of protein that will makes beer really nice and smooth. And so I said, you know what, we're going to put a hunk of that in. And then also there's this other malt um, that provides a lot of dexterous material to the beer. And that also provides smoothness, but through, I guess, carbohydrate, not protein. So I, I just kind of, you know, in, in talking about this, I said, I said to myself, well, if I'm going to strike out, I'm going to swing for the fences. So I'm going to try and do <laughs> sensory overload with regard to texture. So I put those in. And then I remember we had a cheese that was sort of sweet. So I said, well, I don't want it to be overly sweet, but I want just to into that in there. And there's this great malt called aromatic malt. And what that does is provides that sort of slightly sweet, but malty sort of flavor to beer without changing uh, its bodiness, its fullness. So I mm-hmm. decided, hey, you know, let's throw a little bit of that in there. And then, you know, there was some that were a little bit different, a little bit tart. So there's this, uh, there's this sort of uh, ingredient called uh, Belgian candy sugar, which gives a little bit of white wine flavor to the beer. And, uh, you know, but it does boost up the alcohol a little bit. And I, you know, I tried to put a hard deck on the alcohol because that was one thing that they were very explicit about about the alcohol content. So I said, okay, we're going to try and keep this at about 5% alcohol. And so um, another thing, that we did was we looked at hops. And so hops for this beer, because of what they said, they didn't want it very hoppy. You know, we didn't want an IPA like, it's a flavor bully. We want to accentuate other things. So very, very little bit. Um, and this thing is only calculated to about, if anyone's another beer geek out there, it, it's only about 11 IBUs. And what that means is it is not bitter. It is not bitter at all. That's not what we're going for. And that was fine. So, you know, that was sort of the malt slash hops idea that I wanted to put in there. Now, I, one thing I want to say, this is all just a guess, you know, at this point. Now, I don't know if, what this is really going to feel like, what this is going to taste like until you try it. But, you know, like I said, um, this was my best guess, and I was going to put it in there. And this is not really science more than it is, I guess, art. You know, um, the science came in a little bit later with regarding accentuating these flavors um, rather than uh, sort of providing the flavors, if that makes sense. So uh, I hope this all makes sense. To I remember you guys. at this, it does. I, I remember at this point in time, you were when we were sitting and you kind of, you took all this information, you like went off and then you came back, a, you know, a number of weeks later and talked just through what the plan was um, and what you were starting. And I remember just listening to you explain all this and thinking like, wow, it is so interesting because there's, there's so much science in, in beer making, but then this, this, this kind of like measure of art that kind of flows over all of it, which, which 
really, to me, really paralyzes the, uh, um, parallels the cheese world. The idea of like, yes, there's so much science that is the foundational backbone of the way this works, but without the hand of someone who knows what they're doing and knows how to kind of coax it into something really beautiful, in the end, it, it you know, sure, it could be scientifically correct, but it won't be fun. It won't be interesting. It won't mm-hmm. be beautiful. And I remember listening to you talk about this and being like, wow, this is so awesome so like i say magical again it was it was it was absurdly magical to listen to i was like it's a world that i learned a lot about through you so well like i said at this point in time it it, you know it's a guess you know let's let's try and put this stuff together and um you know (laughs) and hopefully we can get a product that you guys what you guys would like um the science really came from all places of the water and if you think about beer, it's what, 98, 99% water. Um, but I really think that it's one of the most ignored ingredients when it comes to beer. So one of the things that you can do with water is you can change its mineral profile to really kind of boost flavor. And so what I do with water, um, we're on a municipal hookup. So I try and strip all of the mineral, all the ion content out of water. And I use what's called reverse osmosis water or RO water. So it's kind of a clean slate. And then what I do is I try and build it back up depending on what beer I'm making. Um, in here, you know, uh, the minerals <clears throat> that you're going to use, you're going to use calcium, magnesium, chlorides, and sulfates. And what you can do is based upon what each mineral provides, you can sort of buttress what kind of flavors you want. For example, uh, calcium. Calcium kind of brightens everything up, kind of brings out flavors. Like uh, an analogy would be if you took a picture with your cell phone and then you have those filters and there's that one filter that makes it really bright. You know, that's, to me, that's what calcium does. So, you know, uh, add calcium, magnesium to a lesser extent. And then there's kind of a fight between, I guess, sulfates and chlorides. Sulfates, um, if you wanted a hoppy beer, it would bring out sort of uh, the bitterness of of the hops. So we wanted to kind of pat that down and let chloride override. And chloride will kind of bring out the maltiness of the beer. And so what we did, what I thought was, okay, let's, have something with like a lot of calcium and override chlorides with sulfates. So that's kind of the geeky, nerdy science part of it. <laughs> um, when you're doing this sort of mineral, I, I guess, uh, addition, yeah, you, you kind of have to say, well, how much, how much is enough? And so I kind of looked at it, um, and I said, well, you know, like I said, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging from the fences. So I almost added twice the amount of these of these minerals as I would to a normal beer. Um, and I did it for two reasons. I really wanted to bring out the flavors uh, because I didn't really know what the beer was kind of taste like. And also, if I brought it to them, the Vaughn's, and they didn't like it, I could say, well, what is it about this that you don't like? And without trying to guess mm-hmm. on ingredients, maybe I could dial back a different mineral to accentuate or 
under accentuate a different flavor. So there was a little bit of uh, method to the madness, but really, I, I you know I think the unsung hero of this beer is really is really the water um, and the mineral content. And so, you know, I was sitting there when I was preparing the water for the beer. I was sitting there and I was like, well, you know, let's let's just let's just swing for the fences and see what we get. And so um, that really is the, the science behind the beer, really, with with the water. Um, it's like, like I said, I think it's one of the most underappreciated things you can do with beer. I will tell you when I switched to using RO water and then building my uh, my own sort of mineral profile, it really changed the entire way I brew, to be honest with you. And, and the way not only I brew, but the way I look at making beers, designing beers, and crafting beers, you know, especially in this situation, you know, I thought that it was a great way to accentuate what the yeast was doing for me, if that makes no, sense. No, it, and it makes total mm -hmm. sense. And I think, um, you know, it's a really, and this is, and this is, and Joe, thank you so much for, for explaining this in such great detail in that, you know, this is a really beautiful mix of both art and uh, science and all the different decisions and all the different aspects that go in to crafting something that has a very, very specific goal. Um, so, and, and before we uh, wrap up here, Megan, um, I understand that you have some plans in the future uh, for, for this beer. Yeah. So for me, having tasted the finished beer and, and um, definitely drunk a lot of it, and I guess have too. It's uh, it, I was really excited because it felt like such a great cheese beer, which was of course the goal, but also just a delicious beer in the end. Right, that I really wanted to yeah. make a custom cheese to work with one of our other awesome local farmers to make a custom cheese, and we spoke about this in the beer washed cheese session but I knew that this would be a beer that would be really perfect for washing a cheese with because of all those traits that that Joe beautifully managed to execute in, in this beer so I am in the process of talking with a couple of our other local farmers um, specific you know details to be confirmed but um, my my plan is to have a, a small format think like half a pound or so um, ounce uh, half a pound or so wheel of cheese ideally bound in spruce, I'm thinking probably cow or goat's milk washed in this beer. So that way it, um, you get that, you know, the, the, that beautiful yeast, that beautiful, um, uh, you know, for me, I get so many like apricot and, and other gorgeous, like orchard fruit and stone fruit and, and that bit, that just hint of lemon and, and that really showing up to kind of give a ton more nuance to this cheese, make it a little bit more funky. You get that, that brevibacterium linens, that bee linens coming from the washing process. And then the extra age on the cheese, making it like gooey and unctuous and literally spoonable. And then I cannot wait until this is actually uh, up and running and then be able to eat it with the beer it's gonna be pretty <laughs> great um, so uh stay tuned for that it's a work in progress and i i loved doing it when i was um up in new york and we got to make green spring and so i'm excited to 
um, sorry, Greensward. I got Greensward on my mind, Joe. Um, so I got to make Greensward and I'm excited to do a version um, that feels very Maryland, that feels like it, like its home is here. And um, I'm, I, I really believe that this is the perfect, the perfect beer for it. So thanks for making it, Joe. Crushed it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you both uh, so much for taking the time. Um, listeners, if you are ever in the area, please check out uh, Green Spring Brewing Company in Calvert County, Maryland. Uh, check out Von Cheese, both uh, in Chesapeake Beach, but also uh, online. They ship everywhere and the shipping is beautifully, beautifully done. I've shipped all over the U.S. It's, it's, it's really, truly wonderful. Um well, this has been another episode of Beer Me Radio. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram. Uh, we are part of the All About Beer podcast network. So please check out the website. There are so many other podcasts covering all these amazing topics. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>